I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Today we are joined by Amanda Frothingham. Amanda is a former professional dancer turned into a registered dietitian and a private practice owner who specializes in helping people rediscover a healthy relationship with food. After surviving her own battle with an eating disorder, she knew her calling was to help others the way that her RD had helped her. She received her undergrad from the University of Georgia. Go dogs. And then she actually... (laughs) <laughs> no, but go dogs for Amanda. Go dogs for Amanda. <laughs> and then she actually moved to the big city of NYC to complete her dietetic internship. So enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast. Hello, everyone. Today we are joined by a very another very special guest. Amanda Frothingham, and we have so much fun conversations in store with you today. So let's just jump straight into it. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for having me, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, we're so excited to have you on. We've seen all your fun social medias, and it's always exciting bringing new dietitians on here. So Let's jump right into it. So Amanda, tell us about kind of a day in the life of what you do specifically as a dietitian, what Mm -hmm. your previous education is, and then what you like to do for fun. Yeah. Okay. So um, I am currently full-time in my private practice as a registered dietitian. So that is fun because my day is kind of are always changing. Um, I work primarily in the intuitive eating, health at every size, non-diet and eating disorder realm of nutrition. Um, So most of the people that I work with are somewhere in that genre. Um, But yeah, so I wake up, (laughs) I sit right here at this desk for a majority of my day. I film TikToks and make Instagrams and that's about it. It's always changing. And then I get to do fun things like this. So um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of like what a day today looks like. But um, my past, so I did my undergrad at the University of Georgia, go dogs, national champions. (laughs) Um, And I was actually uh, on the dance team there as a D1 athlete. So that was really cool. Um, Seeing that from like a D1 sports nutrition program, So I did that. And then I knew I always wanted to like live in New York. So that was my goal with my internship. Um, I didn't really care about the program. I was just like, I just want to be in New York. Um, And I always had the idea that I wanted to go into private practice. So I also was just like really anxious. So I ended up doing my internship at a hospital program, like a clinical program at New York Presbyterian. And it was really cool because it was, like associated with both Cornell and Columbia like campuses. So a lot of really, there's a lot of really good resources at the program. We got um, a lot of good exposure in the clinical world. 
Uh, and so I did that and then took the exam and then started my practice. I jumped right into it. That's awesome. Very cool. Emily and I both also like dabble in private practice. We have yet to go full time. So we love, love, love hearing from other RDs who have gotten just like, go ahead first. That is so inspiring. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's definitely real. It was definitely really scary, especially coming straight from like my internship from such a clinical background where like everyone else that graduated with me, like was going into outpatient jobs or clinical jobs and, and things like that. And I, I kind of felt this pressure maybe to just go ahead and get a regular clinical job, like starting off. Um, but I really like sat down, I thought about it and I was like, where is this actually going to take me other than like, yes, it'll be like a reliable source of income. Like it's not going to help me in terms of like my clients with my private practice, it's not going to help me in terms of my experience with my like outpatient counseling and things like that. So, um, yeah, I just, I was like, okay, like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. So that's so awesome. Awesome. I yeah. also love that you just decided you wanted to go to New York. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, it was, I think it was like, so I, before I went into nutrition, I was a dancer for most of my life and like was pursuing it professionally and, and doing some things like that. Like that was my passion. So my mind was always like, I'm going to be in New York one day. And all of my friends lived in New York too. Like all of them, cause they're also in the performing arts. And so that's, I was like, I'm always going to end up there eventually. I'm going to find a way. <laughs> it just was for nutrition and not dance, but yeah. yeah. Yep. You still ended up there. Yeah. Well, today we really want to dive into a little bit about weight loss versus health. And if those two can kind of like work together, if they don't, listeners of the podcast kind of already know Emily and I's thoughts on like intentional weight loss as a whole. And Emily and I both also really practice in like the anti-diet space. And so we have, you know, I don't want to say like wishy-washy thoughts on weight loss, but we definitely don't think that everyone needs to be losing weight all the time. So anyway, Mm -hmm. we know that you kind of practice in that same area of anti-diet haze, like you said. And so we'd love to hear your perspective on that. So I guess our first leading question is a pretty big one. Um, but is weight loss a good indicator of health? What are your thoughts on that? Okay. So I think that like my initial reaction is like, yes and no. At first I want to be like, no, it's not a good indicator of health. Like there's so many other things, but then when I really sit down and think about it, like as a good indicator of health, like actually on the other hand, most people think like, oh, I want to get healthy. Like I should just lose weight. And there are so many other things that you can do to promote your health. And weight loss is kind of, I always say, weight loss is more of a side effect than an actual goal, right? So what I mean by that is like weight loss and weight change in general, if you're trying to make healthier choices in your lifestyle, whatever that may be, and it causes weight loss or weight gain or, you know, no change in your weight, then that's fine. Because the ultimate goal is, again, your health and making sure we create like and nourish our bodies for a long amount of time. But like, on the other hand, um, I think about like, I think back to all of my years in the, like in the hospital doing like clinical stuff, all of that stuff. And health is a big indicator of malnutrition. I mean, sorry, weight is a big indicator of malnutrition, weight loss. And so uh, we always think of weight loss as this like good thing, but in a clinical setting, if, 
there is a significant amount of weight loss, then we can diagnose malnutrition for certain patients. And that's not a good thing. That's not what we want. That's like the part, like that's not healthy. So um, I think, I guess you just have to look at it in the whole picture. Like, what are we actually like, what is causing this weight loss? Is it intentional? Is it not intentional? But like, if we're just like, I want to be healthy, then there's a lot of other things we can look at outside of weight change. Yeah, that's so true. I like how you said it's like a side effect. That's something I often talk about too. Like I always say that your weight is not a behavior, but it can be a result of the different behavior changes you make. So it might come if you maybe have some weight to lose, it might come with changing your behaviors, but having that as our sole goal that we focus on often, it just, we can't focus on that as the only thing because there's so many factors that play into it. It may or may not even be an appropriate goal in the first place. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I love hearing that side of it. Like it's a side effect. That's a really good way to put it. I love that. I also think it's so important how in like our clinicals, we focus so much on weight loss from that malnutrition aspect mm-hmm. where it's unintentional and something's typically going on chronically that leads to that. And everyone always thinks weight loss I feel like they think like lower body fat percentage, like intentional stuff like that, but it's not always intentional, which some people don't realize. And then that'd be, I I had some other thoughts, but we're not going to get into that. But (laughs) (laughs) um, I really like how you brought it up with malnutrition because that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about or don't even realize with weight loss. Yeah. And I feel you don't even think about it. I mean, if we're, I'm just talking to like my friends and we're like hanging out and getting drinks and I bring up weight loss, like immediately their reaction is going to be like something good. Like weight loss is a good thing. But then, you know, if I go into like this patient that has lost most of their body weight and like it's affecting their recovery from whatever they're in the hospital for, like, they're like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't see how that would ever be a conversation I would have, but just hypothetically, like, you know, um, there is a unhealthy like area of concern with weight loss also that we just don't focus on. Yeah, absolutely. It's like if you compliment a friend for losing weight without knowing if she was doing it intentionally and maybe she's struggling with an eating disorder or she has a chronic disease and a cancer maybe that is leading to that weight loss, you complimenting that is going to, it could lead to a whole really a lot of bad thoughts, but and it could lead to her thinking that that is a good thing, even though it is probably not actually a good thing. Right. Yeah. That's why we should just never comp- compliment on the way other people look. <laughs> just, yep. Bingo. Even, even if we think yes. it's like a good thing, like just there's so many other things we can talk about. So yeah. many things. Oh, I love you said that. So many things. Yeah. Cool. So let's dive into the next question. I think. We did a good job discussing weight loss and indicator of health. So, but if anyone has any other questions about it, let us know. But the next kind of topic we want to discuss is what are kind of the risks when we focus solely on weight as a means of getting healthy? I don't, Amanda, you probably don't know this, but Ham and I do not like the word healthy because of how it means a lot. It can mean a lot of different things and it doesn't, there's not really one thing that it means. So, but 
so many people say it's so commonly utilized in today's mm-hmm. world. So what are your thoughts on kind of when we are, when people utilize weight solely as that healthy factor and what are risks around it? Yeah, I will just really quickly. I thought it was really like, I'm glad that you guys, well, not glad they feel that way, but I also feel the same way. Um, just because like, yeah, like what actually is healthy? It's not like there is a list of like checkbox that we need to get. And then like, this makes you healthy. Right. And it's, it's very dependent on the person and their feelings and like what health is, blah, 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 blah. So like, yeah, that word healthy, we throw it out all the time and it's just used for so many different things. Right. So, I mean, the biggest thing is that if all you're looking at is weight and you think that that's health, then you're missing so many other factors that can contribute to like a long, comfortable, confident, fulfilled life, which is kind of what I think of when I think of like healthy, right? Like what is our ultimate goal? Like, well, we can focus so much on the short term and like how we look and how we feel like at the end of the day, we want to be able to live like a long life. And that's what our health is going to get us to. So like, if you're just looking at weight loss, I think it's really interesting. And I actually had, this is so random. And I'm just, I might be oversharing. No, I'm not oversharing. It's fine. Um, I actually had a conversation with my OBGYN the other day, because he knows that I'm a dietitian. So we talk about these things a lot, like, randomly and when I go to the doctor but he was mentioning how he has started to like the conversation about weight has started to like go into the clinical field and he is starting to now think that like oh like I it's just because someone has like a overweight or an obese or whatever that is BMI doesn't necessarily mean that they're less healthy than the person that comes in with like you know technically uh, normal weight which very enlightening to hear my doctor say that because I was like, yes. (laughs) But um, I think he hit it like right, like the nail right on the head when he said, you know, his example was like someone that came in and technically on paper, like their weight was five, but they were still struggling with high cholesterol and they were still struggling with some other um, things like physiologically that she needed to go seek help for. And then there was someone else that came in And on paper, the only issue with them, their labs were normal, their blood work looked good, everything was okay, was that technically they were overweight, right? And so if we're just focusing on weight loss, then like, again, on paper, that first person that had that normal BMI was great and she probably felt really healthy, but then she had just struggling with that high cholesterol and that could be something that continued to like cause other problems in the future, so it was kind of like a tangent, but I feel, so no, I, <laughs> I, I think it can be dangerous to only focus on weight loss as like a form of health. That is so cool that your doctor has said that. That is so cool. Cause Emily and I, it'll be out when you guys hear this episode, but Emily and I just recorded this week an episode on BMI and talked about how in healthcare, it's often used to diagnose overweight and obesity, even though someone who is quote unquote obese can be perfectly healthy. Um, and we're talking about how older generation of doctors may really use that and take it to heart and be like, whoa, your BMI is in the 30s. No matter what, you're definitely at higher risk of type 2 diabetes, hypercholesterolemia, all those different things. But we said, like, you just verified that we think that doctors hopefully are 
kind of shifting the newer ones that are kind of going through their schooling these days and becoming new doctors. So it's cool mm-hmm. that is actually happening. That is amazing. Yeah, it was, it was so enlightening. It made me so happy. And I was like, yeah, I knew I choose, chose the right doctor. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah. <laughs> well, our next question, you kind of already answered, but I'll see if you have any other thoughts on it. Um, our next question is, is it possible to be overweight and healthy? And it sounds like we have an answer to that for sure. But is there anything else you kind of want to add to that statement at all or that question at all? Well, yeah. I mean, you guys probably, if you said you're coming out with an episode on BMI, probably already like talked about this, but just the fact that for so long, we've heard like BMI, like is like, if you fall in certain categories, you're bad, right? And here's how you calculate it. And this is like a big red flag you need to change. Um, And this is something I work with my clients a lot is like reframing their mindset one just we do a lot of work on taking weight out of the picture like um completely because i always say it can do nothing but cause <laughs> cause harm is it, it even if it's like something where you like have a weight loss goal and you meet it a lot of times because weight loss is just something that we use to cover up our other insecurities we're not actually satisfied when we get to that weight and then we become more and more becomes almost like an obsession for most people. So I try to get them away from weight in general, but also like teach them that your BMI, really BMI is just like bullshit. Like it makes no, like it, I mean, it makes sense, but like it was created like by a mathematician, not by someone in the medical field that had no, like it doesn't really consider health. All it is is height and weight. Right. And then if we think about weight too, just as a factor onto that, like there is the fact that like muscle weighs more than fat, right? So like if I'm a super tall person and my body carries muscle and fat differently and I go to the gym, right? I could easily be overweight. Um, and, but I'm doing all the right things. I'm eating nutrient dense foods. I'm staying active. I'm hydrating myself, getting my vitamin D, like all of these things. And this one factor, I would go to the doctor and they would be like, um, yeah, so you're overweight, so you should probably try and eat healthier and lose weight because that's pretty much the standard recommendation from any doctor when someone is like overweight. Yeah, that's essentially how we concluded it too. Like bottom line is absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. Just like you can be a normal weight and be whatever healthy is to you, unhealthy if you're a normal weight. Right. And then also, I think this is so interesting and kind of maybe a side tangent but like some bodies like some human bodies like when we think of like going the other way and like losing weight and like as long as I get to as long as I stay in this normal category like I'm technically still healthy like some human bodies like can't get to this like underweight category right and their body is still showing them signs that they're unhealthy. You can like, for females, like losing your period is a sign of just like distress in the human body. And that can happen at a normal BMI or even at an overweight BMI. It can happen, you know, at any, any range. And what we're doing is using this BMI under, um, underweight category and being like, well, I'm not there. So I'm okay. So it can happen on both sides and really realizing like, no, like, you can be unhealthy in this normal area too. You can be like, quote unquote, like healthy in these other areas, right? You have to look at, again, it's just about looking at the whole picture. Our body will give us signs. I always say this, like our body gives 
us signs that something is not right in ways other than the number on the scale. Yes. Yes. It's just like the smallest piece of the puzzle. There's no way we can like make a diagnosis or any assumption based on a ratio of height to weight. That's just not even feasible. Yeah. I also love that you brought up, you can lose your period at any BMI because that's incredibly true, but everyone always, I feel like associates it with like small, like normally like underweight, like women typically. Mm -hmm. And then, but like you can lose your period or like skip your period no matter what weight you are and we want to make sure we're having that regularly because it's important for hormone health and whatnot our one of our last questions for you today is we want to chat about is weight the problem in today's society or is it our hyperfixation on weight that is more of the problem interesting and as you're saying it, I'm hearing it differently than as I read it on the paper that you sent me. Um, <laughs> like, I'm just thinking about it differently. I mean, like, I think like, I'm going to say yes and no again. Like, I think like weight can be a problem, right? Because there is like, as your body increases in weight, you do become more susceptible to certain, you know, comorbidities and things. But I think the main issue right now is uh, the focus in our society, right? And the focus on weight in our society as like, everyone needs to lose weight. We all, we have been told since the moment that we were born, not told, but surrounded by this idea that weight loss equi- like equals health, right? And that should always be what we're striving for and always be what we're looking at. And we are always surrounded, especially with our generation, right? Because we grew up with social media being a big part of our lives, not like our like parents or the people older than us that, you know, had social media kind of into their lives, like later in life, right? They had TV, they had movies, like they had all that stuff. But the social media aspect is so important because it's more than just the five movie stars that are famous right now that we're seeing. It's everybody, right? So I think, you know, a big problem is just that idea that there is like um, an ideal way to look, right? And even if we're not saying it right now, like we're moving away from, you know, um, the idea that there's an ideal, like we're in this place where there is like body neutrality and like seeing every like different shapes of bodies and different colors and skin types, all these different things. Um, Underlying, there still is that, idea that like thin equals good or thin is what we want right and it's going to take a long time we're not going to be able to fix it in like two three years of like body positivity to fix this underlying idea that like thin equals good so I think that is probably the biggest you know problem we're struggling with right now in our society like I see it all the time when like I said I do we work on um like getting away from weight, getting away from numbers and like feeling like confident in your body and whatever that may be, figuring out what that is outside of weight. But then there still is that lingering like subtext, I guess, in our mind that is focused on like, there still is that idea that like, but I'm still not small, right? Like I'm supposed to be small. I've been taught this. It's 
very hard to rewrite that narrative that we've been surrounded by for 20 plus years. So I think that is really the problem. And I wish I had the solution. I, if I needed to, if, if there was a solution out there, I would do every step that I needed to, to like change it. But I think it just comes with time and having these conversations and I don't know, like spreading more information to counteract the, the thin ideal that's out there. Yeah, it's so true that it's going to take a long time to get out of this. That's not just going to be a few hashtag body positive posts that are going to change it all. Um, And it's even harder because not everybody feels the way that like we do as anti-diet dietitians. And so even if our clients are slowly learning from us and whoever else they interact with that, maybe they don't have to be the smallest version of themselves to be healthy there's still going to be people in their lives, whether it's like friends or family or things on social media that say the opposite of what we're saying. And so that's make, that makes it harder too, because we're fighting the good fight, but there's people on the opposite end also being as vocal as we are about it, but on the opposite side of things. So it's always just like a back and forth in people's brains who don't know which side to kind of choose. Yeah. I, and I think like, I think we are moving in the right direction. It's so interesting. Like I posted a TikTok recently, um, focusing on like all of the like struggles and um, I can't think of the word, but like, oh, pressures that like come with being, you know, a human being nowadays. I mean, I specifically said woman, but like, it can be like the men, like men has their own separate, like it's everyone has different things they're trying to meet. Um, or pictures are trying to fit into, but someone commented like, oh, at least you don't live in the 2000s, right? When we were thinking of like low rise jeans and like that toxic culture and social and like in pop culture, like all the people getting ripped apart by the tabloids that had just normal bodies. Um, they commented that. And I was like, yeah, I like, I didn't, re- like, I didn't respond, but I was like thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that where we are just just because we improve doesn't mean that we should stop. We should like keep continuing to try and improve and get away because all it's going to do is change, right? In the early 2000s, it was like that idea of like being really, really thin, as thin as possible. And like now we're in this world where like we want really, really giant like surgery size butts and tiny waist, right? Like yes. it's changing and we're not going to be able to fit all of those dynamics. Like a normal person isn't right. Like maybe if I were Kim Kardashian, had Kim Kardashian's money, I could change, you know, and, and that's fine. But setting those unrealistic standards for just, you know, a normal person that works a normal job, like it's, it's not fair. So while we have improved from that, like, you know, really, really toxic place, like we're still just as focused on our bodies in different ways and there's still room for improvement, but yeah. There is so much room for improvement. <laughs> I feel, I was like thinking that I was like, maybe there are, there, I feel like there are almost potentially different types of things coming up now compared to the 2000s. And like, even looking back at like the nineties, it was completely different. And you look past that, every single decade, I feel like there's always a new toxic thing that comes up, especially around the ideal body type. But like you said, there is a lot more conversation going on, which is good. 
but there is just kind of comparing it to this one incredibly toxic piece of time doesn't mean that we we should throw in the towel and we're good yeah problem solved everyone (laughs) is body positive no one has body image issues there's no such thing as diet culture anymore we're good we're we're out of jobs like no that's (laughs) there is (laughs) a lot still going on just in different ways yeah and I feel like every like we're never as human beings we could be in this perfect world in 20 or 40 years where like everyone is accepted, no one, blah, blah, blah. All of these society pressures were gone. People are still going to have body image issues. Like that's, it's just a part of being human too. That's why like I also say, and this is like a hot take, but um, I think body positivity, the same way that I think that like weight loss and like all of that stuff is bullshit. I think the idea of body positivity is bullshit because it's, there's absolutely no way we're going to feel 100% about ourselves 100% of the time, right? Like, it's, we're just human. We're going to have days when we don't feel great. And the thing we want to get to is being able to move out of those days, like be like, okay, like, I like, don't feel great today, but that's okay. Like, I'm still taking care of my body. And then your confidence comes back and you move on. That's the difference. You don't want to let the body image issues like slander every single thing you do all of the time um so I talk a lot more about like just like body acceptance rather than like body positivity um accepting that your body is where it is and like we're doing everything we can to promote health at where we are now and and that's that's all we can do I'm actually really glad you said that because it's something I've personally been reteaching myself I would say over like the past year or so because pre maybe maybe in under definitely undergrad maybe a little bit in like grad school I was very much like yes body positivity is what we need to solve all the world's issues but I've seen some conversations around like how it's not always good and stuff like that and it's kind of I'm in the that middle ground of like re learning how to approach it because personally I feel like I've improved my relationship with my body a lot but I still have terrible days where I'm just like I I want to be in sweats right now I don't want to like have one inch of clothing touching me I don't want to look at it's always on my period that's like always what happens that's yes (laughs) (laughs) and I think it's something that we definitely need to talk about a lot because I feel like it's very I don't want to say glass half like full but to just expect everyone to love their body every single second of the day because that's not realistic at all right and also not wrong it's not a bad thing like we don't need to change our mood and change how our day is going based off that all right, Amanda. Well, we have loved these perspectives so far. We have one last question for you on this topic. Um, and I feel like we kind of have alluded to it a little bit, but we would love to hear more on this. So question is, how can you improve your health? Well, we're talking about how the scale is not everything. And so if you're shifting your focus from the scale to overall health in general, how can we improve our health without only worrying about the number on the scale going down? Well, I like to break up my health into like the idea of health into different segments, right? Because we have physical health, 
we have emotional health, we have mental health. Um, so you want to do things that promote like that well-being in all realms. So thinking about physical health, because that's really what we go to immediately, right? And we're talking about getting away from weight loss. Um, I always say like, there's a little bit of truth behind all of these like diet culture things that dieting has taken away from us, right? So like, there's a, there's truth behind be like moving your body, right? That doesn't mean you need to go to the gym six days a week, sweat for two hours and, you know, come back. Cause that for a lot of people sounds miserable. Now, what I do is like, what I talk about is like, you have to find movement that you enjoy. And that doesn't have to look like what I just said, like going to the gym, it could look like so many different things, but you're going to get so many benefits from moving your body, right? And that is going to help promote like physical health, right? You're going to get your heart rate up. You're going to like move your body, right? If we just sat inside all day, like you, I see the the effects of sitting inside all day right now. Like I have a heating pad on my back because I sit down way too much, right? Like, and I pro like I prioritize my physical health like by like taking my dog on walks and stuff, right? Like that's what I think about. That's one way you can do it. Now, like another thing too is like again, there's truth behind why we've been told since we were six that we needed to eat fruits and vegetables, right? Like <laughs> there's a little bit of truth there. And it's just from the fact that those foods provide things that, you know, carbs and proteins and everything else, they don't, right? These are like our vitamins and minerals, the things that help in our bodies, but don't technically like if you were to pull up my fitness pal, which is a whole nother thing, like it doesn't focus on. Um, so I always say like to people, if they're like, how do I become healthy? It's like, and I know a lot of dietitians also say this, but I have like taken it on and I say it too, but like, you don't want to think about what you need to take out of your lifestyle. You want to think about like what you can add, right? So if you really enjoy, like you have a sweet tooth and you really enjoy eating a cookie, you don't need to focus on taking out the cookie, but maybe at like dinner or lunchtime, how can you increase like the variability of like vegetables that you're getting in, right? And then still have your cookie, like that's fine. But how can you increase like vegetables? How can you get, if you don't eat fruit, like where can we add in a little bit here or there to like increase your vitamin C intake? Like things like that. Um, so that's what I really like to think about when I think about like how to make healthy changes because the more we think like how our brains work is like if we think about cutting something out, we get into kind of like a fight or flight response, like, right? Or it's like, oh, like, I can't have this. What you, What's going to happen? You're going to think about it so much more. So um, I like to think about adding things and using that perspective because it takes away that, like, all or nothing mentality. Um, so, yeah, those are just, like, two things with, like, physical health. I know I mentioned, like, mental, emotional health. They're just as important. So, like, finding, like, I'm all about, like, finding things that actually bring joy in your life outside of, you know, just the standard going to work, going to school, coming home, eat, like, making dinner, all of that stuff. Like, what do you really enjoy? Like, my mental health, I really, really took charge of my mental health by adopting my dog. <laughs> um, because I knew that that was something I needed. I had had a dog in my life before, and I was at a place where I could, like, responsibly 
responsibly take care of a dog also and like financially too. So I knew that like, that's what I was going to need. And that has just like changed my life as like a person living alone in an apartment, having a work from home job that they control. <laughs> like, so yeah. So like, that's what I mean when I think about like, what is going to make you like mentally happy, make you feel like more in control of your life and like not bogged down by stress and anxiety all the time. I relate to the dog one hardcore. I feel like getting my pup, adopting my dog, it was like right before COVID started. So it was perfect because that's when things like really went down the pooper. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like the best thing ever. So I totally relate to that one. And I also do love, I practice this too, the whole addition over subtraction thing. I feel like it really does resonate though with clients and patients because every time I see when they're like, okay, what do I have to cut out now? What do I have to get rid of? I need to cut out this. Mm -hmm. Let's not think about that because it just makes you dread doing anything. And it makes you probably hate coming to see me if I were to say, you got to cut out ice cream and cookies and whatever else. So what can we add? Not subtract. I love that. I'm also a big fan of how you brought up all aspects of health, not just kind of physical, but also emotional and mental. That's something we talk about a bit on here, but it's so true that we talk about this all the time. And I feel like our listeners are sick of it, (laughs) but just because if you have like the best physical health markers and your mental health is trash, that might not be the best way to live. <laughs> You're probably not happy, but right. so all aspects are important and find what works for you. Mm-hmm. If it's a dog, this is your sign to get a dog. Cause <laughs> I already know my mental health would probably like sh- be incredible if I had a dog. Amazing. So Success right here, at least two out of three people are happier <laughs> if they have a dog in their lives. Or if you don't like dogs, get a cat or a rabbit, whatever it is. An emotional support fish. Yes. <laughs> yes. Really? Whatever works for you. That kind of goes over everything we wanted to talk about today. I feel like we had a lot of great discussion and a lot of what you talked about, I feel like will resonate a- very well with our audience because- this is something we talk about all the time, but it's always nice to hear it from a different person and from a different perspective as well. So before we jump into our bonus question, which we always end our episodes on, what are kind of your final thoughts on this topic? Like if you were to leave our listeners with a couple last thoughts, what would you want them to hear? And what would you like kind of want to resonate with them the most? I think the first thing that I think about is just that it's not as simple or straightforward as the internet makes it seem, right? You can look up how, you can look up anything on Google and like how to be healthy, how to lose weight, how to gain weight, how to do any of these things. You're going to get a million different answers, right? But like we talked about, there's so many things you can do to promote a healthy, sustainable, long happy lifestyle and weight is not one of those things, right? Weight loss does not equivalent health, equal health. So um, I think that's it. And just like finding different, like, again, don't look up something and be like, oh, well, this website says that I need to cut my sugar intake and do this and blah, blah, blah. And that'll make, make me healthy, right? Have, first of all, have patience with yourself and be kind to yourself. And then get different perspectives. I think that is really it. It's not as straightforward as the internet 
but wants to make it seem. Yeah, agreed. I made a TikTok recently, okay. not too long ago, where I like proved that you can like Google anything to like support your own bias. I was like, mm-hmm. I Googled, is keto healthy? And I got answers saying yes. I was like, is Google unhealthy? I got answers saying, no, it's not healthy. So yeah. it's so true. Like you can't just like, you can't Google it. That's a big point to make there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were a lot Get of Yes. That's why we exist. We're not just like quacks who are saying eat more veggies. We actually do more than that. A lot more than that. Right. Yeah. I know. I think it's so funny that like, there's this idea like, oh my God, you're a dietitian. You're probably so healthy. Like you probably eat so many vegetables. (laughs) I'm like, actually I eat a very decent amount of chocolate. (laughs) I literally have a bag of Dove chocolate sitting right next to me right now. Mm. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. Let's go into the bonus question. We love this part of the episode because we talk about things that have nothing to do with our professional lives. Um, well, I guess a little bit because food, but anyway, today's bonus question is, I can, I think going to be very controversial and Amanda, we'll let our <laughs> guests go first. So we'll let, le- let you lead. But oh, the gosh. question is, is a hot dog a taco? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I was laying in bed, like, cause like I said, I hurt my back. So I was laying in bed before this really putting in some thought, like the old, like the de- high school debate team girl came out. And I was oh my like, gosh. I was like really putting in some thought and I, I landed upon the answer of no, <laughs> because I have like, my mom is from Guatemala. Like I've had plenty of tacos in my life. And I feel like I would be doing her an injustice if I said a hot dog was a taco. So my answer is no. <laughs> Definitely would probably step on some toes if you said that. Yeah. I, oh wait, Hannah, you go, you go. Okay, oh, okay, finish. I can go, I can go. Um, I, I agree, I think the answer is no. I think the only reason that it's a question is just because of the shape that it's in. Like that's the only reason you would even say that. What we often do when these questions come up is we Google it as, you know, people do with the internet. So I just Googled it and taco is a dish as we know, but it says a taco is a traditional Mexican dish consisting of a small hand-sized corn or wheat tortilla. Keyword there, I think. Top of the filling. So I guess if you did like a tortilla with a hot dog, like Mm -hmm. the weenie, that would maybe be a taco because the tortilla part. But I also think that the 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 Mexican side plays a role too. I don't think hot dogs are like Mexican inspired at all. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> They're very U.S. of A. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. When I because I think hot dog, I think the Fourth of July, and I yeah, think exactly. of that actress, that actress with her voice. Hot, yes. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a no for me too. I am also going to agree with this. I was going to say yes. Only because of the shape. No, I I had some <laughs> critical thought. I exercised my brain power. And then I was like, wait, but there was like soft shell. Because I was thinking about just the shape. I'm like, not all tacos look like that. Like there's right. the soft shell ones. And I would never eat a hot dog that was wrapped in a soft shell tortilla. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the, I never say like really foods are bad or anything, but that's like one of the most unappealing things to me <laughs> I could probably ever think of. So 
And also it just like screams America to me. So it's I think it sounds kind of good that like tortilla wrap, like a warm, soft flour tortilla around a hot dog, like dipped in ketchup. You could like deep fry that. Ooh. It sounds like toddler food to me. (laughs) Yes, it does. Yeah. I'm so living like a kid I was dating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess there are corn dogs. But that's like flour. That's like flour. You're probably like it's a liquid batter and then you're frying it. Yeah, that gives me like more if we're making comparisons to Hispanic (laughs) food, gives me more tamale vibes than taco vibes. (laughs) True. Yeah. True, true, true. Well, three for three, that really happens. Usually at least one of us disagrees with the others. Yeah. I know I was ready. I was ready, but I guess we're all just smart. We're all, we're all the same. Yeah. We have the yeah. right answer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. This is correct. It's just the shape. The shape is the only reason it'd be a yes, but there's, we got to think beyond the shape. Like Emily said, critical thought. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you Amanda cool. for joining the podcast today. This is your chance now to kind of let our listeners know where they can find you at if they want to hear more. Yeah. So thank you guys for having me. I had so much fun. I like feel like we could talk about this for so like we could be here for a long time. But um, it's the balanced peach, B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D, not the balanced, balanced peach, um, both on Instagram and TikTok. I mean, you can go to my website if you're interested in more like about me stuff. But like anything I do, like with my clients, working with people or just all of that, I am always on social media talking about. So yeah, the balanced peach. Um, I love TikTok. So I'm always on TikTok. I prefer it over Instagram. So yeah, go over there. I am also in just a quick little plug the process of um, enrolling my first group coaching program. So before this, yeah, so before this, I was doing just exclusively one on ones, and I'm still going to do that. But this is like, makes it a little bit more accessible for some people in terms of like schedule and flexibility and also like finances. So that is like happening right now. So I don't know. I don't know when this episode's going to come out, but um, we, we can tell you keep, keep talking about something and then we'll, we'll find it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that is, I'm accepting applications. So if you went to my Instagram or my TikTok bio, like the link is there and you just apply and then we can chat about it. If it's a good um, fit for you and it is in that food freedom healing your relationship with food like that is the goal of the program so if you feel like caught up like like food is controlling your life you feel obsessed with food or anything like that that you know it's just like generally unhealthy or if you just want to make like actual realistic sustainable life changes like to honor your health like this that's the place to be so oh. yeah I'll, I'll plug that, that sounds yeah. so awesome. we're gonna link all of your social medias in the description just in case someone missed the d in balanced speech and is confused mm-hmm. where to find you mm-hmm. but we'll also link your website and whatnot and if you're interested in group coaching and working in your relationship with food definitely go check out amanda's program that's so exciting yeah thank you thank you I think that's all we have. <laughs> all right. <laughs> awesome. This was so fun. Thank you guys. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much again for joining us. It'll be a good episode for our listeners. We're really going to like it. So we yeah. appreciate it cool. so much. Yes. Can't wait to I probably not listen to it because I don't like the way my voice sounds. We're, but yeah. we're the same way. We don't listen to ours either. <laughs> Only yeah. when we have to edit it. And even that's painful. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, but, thank you guys so much. And I'll 
see you around social media. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll be on TikTok. Okay. Yeah, all right, of course. All right, goodbye, guys. Thank you, guys. Right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your host Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at the Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.